0: Dad, isn't it time for
1: illegal ham in the face? But, bro, where's the banjo?
0: Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham welcome to illegal ham to the face talking all cleveland sports and don't forget our fat boy tuesday where we also ham it up with some fun food topics without further ado let's serve up some ham here are the ham boys fatty fatty
1: big, big, bride. big. Bry
0: and my cousin Vinny. And
1: my cousin Vinny.
2: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Legal Hand to the Face. I am Jared Fatty Bates, or that fat guy. I got Big Bry here with me. What's going on, Big Bry? What's up? Oh, not much. Just another day in paradise, right? Heck yeah. No doubt. All right. So we got a, a great show for you guys today. Uh, we have Chris Easterling from the Akron Beacon Journal, Browns uh, beat reporter for them, joining us talk all Browns this week. We're going straight all Browns. Uh, we got a trivia. I got a trivia for Bry, and bry has got a trivia for you. If you want to join the illegal ham to the face fantasy football league this year, Brian's going to put out a trivia. The first six to get it are locked in, and then we will have four spots left over that we are holding on to until next week. So you can get your spots in now, play for that. Uh, Also, we're going to be going through the Browns training camp, the last preseason game against the Eagles. Uh, We're going to get into the suspension news that happened right after we got done with Watson getting 11 games and a five mil fine. For Fatboy Tuesday this week, we are talking school lunches. Uh, It's back to school time. I just got done packing my kiddos lunch for tomorrow. And then our top three, we are talking offensive players this year with a sleeper. All right. So our top offensive players this year with a sleeper. So please stay tuned. We'll have Chris Easterling on here in about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. But you know what we always got to do right out of the gate, Brian? We got to give Harold and the APA a great shout out right out of the gate. He's our sponsor. He's been our sponsor pretty much ever since we started the show. Can't thank him enough. He's still looking for people and teams to join the Lake Erie APA. Please get a hold of me or Bri or, well, my cousin Vinny when you see him out and about. And we'll get you hooked up to the uh, Lake Erie APA. We'll get you locked in. He's talking about covering some membership fees for new players. So please hit us up if you want to play. In the Lake Erie APA League, get a hold of me or on Facebook at Harold Keel, and that's K H E E L, some of that nature. It's it's a weird spelling. Eh? Or the Lake Erie APA pool page, and you can get your stuff locked in there. Other than that, Bry, we're ready to go, bud. We're running. Football is here. We got the last week before college starts. We got Browns preseason still. Who are we playing this week? The Bears. Uh, bears, uh, bears. So we're going to get into that a little bit, but Brian, do you have any shout outs this week that you want to uh, get out there for anybody?
1: No, I, w- I wish I was. I I've been slacking on my shout outs. I apologize. I got nobody. Sorry to all my friends and family and loved ones. Uh, yep. Step your game up. Maybe I'll shout you out next week.
2: All right. I, I only got a couple. I got, uh, I got a shout out my dad. Uh, I got to talk to him today a little bit, some, Things are going on but that's okay and then I got to uh I gotta shout out my boy down in North Carolina, my one in Michigan junior in dojo. can't wait to see you guys again um, we got to uh, we're trying to get together and set something up get the uh, twin trio family back together and seeing each other because all the kids are just getting big right now sure. uh, other than that that's it for me um, but we do got to get into a trivia time, Brian all right you ready for that? Yeah. All right. So this is my tribute to you. Okay. Let me. I'm clicking all the buttons here. I'm ready to go. Look at this. Our trivia is brought to you by Papa V and Curb Appeal Landscaping. Get a hold of Papa V at CurbAppeal419.com. All right, Bri. So this year has been a magical year for your Cleveland Guardians, who hold down the first place spot right now. They're two games, I think two games up. They play again tonight. Uh, we got rained out a couple times. They're playing some really good baseball right now, Bri. But my question to you is, how many new players have started for your Cleveland Guardians this year?
1: How many? How many? How many players have started a game? Yep, new players. New. Does that include players. pitchers? That includes
2: everybody. That includes
1: pitchers. Okay. So new
2: new players that have been called up that have started for your Cleveland Guardians.
1: So like Jose Ramirez is counts as one.
2: Right. No, no, no. He's already played for your Cleveland guardians.
1: Oh, you're saying this year has never started a game before this year.
2: Never started a game in the MLB at all this year
1: before this year. Okay. All right. Gotcha.
2: It's a toughie, but it's a goodie. It shows you how well that this team is right now. And especially some big tough decisions that they got to, uh, Luminate down the road, but why don't we, you want to talk a little bit about the guardians right now before we get Chris in here? Sure. I mean, they're in first place. They've been streaky. They had the white Sox coming into town. Um, they have one hell of a win with pretty much three outs. It was a strikeout and a ball passed. And then next thing you know, we score eight runs off of it. This team just doesn't know when to give up Brian. I, I was telling um, Jay and Kevin Arnold from the voice of the land when I was talking to them, I said, I can't believe this team. Like once you get into the sixth inning, this team is still like there's an extra gear they hit, and they're like, yeah, we're not losing this game, and they just come out and do it. I mean, it's been fun to watch. Uh, fans have actually come out, showed up. Uh, appreciate that. But yeah, this is this is borderline crazy right now because all of us kind of predicted them to be maybe second or third in the standings because we thought White Sox and Twins were going to take over. But right now, they're in first, and guess what? We're running for a pennant again, bud. I mean, welcome Yeah. I mean, are you surprised by this team so far and what they've done? Yeah, I don't –
1: yes and no, Um, because at this point, the Indians, the Guardians, this front office, they just – it seems like they're as consistent as you could possibly imagine. I mean, they're going to be up they're going to be down but for the most part they're going to be around 500 a couple games above and they just they'd never peak too high and they never drop too low so it seems like uh that consistency is something that the other teams in Cleveland have been striving for but yeah i mean to say to sit here and almost at the end of august and have a couple game lead in the central to say that i predicted that would be lying to you so yeah, I knew they had the talent. Um I knew they had the coaches. Um you just didn't know how this young talent was going to do and you know guys like Quan has just been unbelievable this year. Came out of nowhere. I don't know. I mean anybody outside of the Indians organization or the Guardians organization that could have predicted that. I think uh I think they're not telling the full story, so Yeah, it's been fun. And I mean, another thing to go along with that is uh, the White Sox have struggled this year. So I think they, a mixture of them not reaching expectations and the Guardians exceeding expectations has been uh, quite a treat for Cleveland fans.
2: And then you got these upcoming stars. I mean, you got Jimenez, who we traded for with Lindor. Like you said, Quan is fighting for the rookie of the year. I don't think he'll get it, but he should be right there with it. You got Tristan McKenzie, who we got a little sprinkle of last year, right. who just stepped it up even more. I mean, this team is just – it's young, it's exciting, and we still don't know the cap of this place because we still, we still got to get – I mean, next year you're looking at this team going, okay, well, we have good players, but are they going to be our starters next year? I mean, you got Owen Miller, you got Naylor, you got the other Naylor coming up as the catcher. You got a whole bunch of people still down the farm system that they still haven't seen yet. That's where they were trying to weed through the grass and everything else. So, I mean, it's been kind of crazy the way this team has gone, but I'll tell you what, you got to give, if anybody got to give kudos to, you got to give it to Tito for keeping this team lively and just ready to go. I don't think it's, I think it's livened up Tito a little bit. I mean, he got kicked out the other day, which has (laughs) been a while since I've seen Tito blow a gasket.
1: Yeah, and he's the difference from, uh, from last year's team and this year's team. And I don't know if, if baseball is the one sport where the head coach or the manager means the most, but uh, certainly you can make a case for that this year if you've been watching a lot of Guardians games because something's different this year than, uh, than what we were watching last year. And, you know, they have that spark. They have that enthusiasm, that that will-not-die attitude. And, yeah, they just seem to find a way. By a hook or by crooks. so let's hope it continues. Um, did I hear something today that is there three play, uh, wild card teams now? Yes, one. How play. is that going to work?
2: So there's they did this last year. So you have two play that one game series to get in. Okay. So that's how it kind of works out because one, what I got to. All right, I got to call somebody. To make so sure.
1: so are there are there two teams that get buys kind of and then yeah. uh you know the lowest division winner has but to play one card. of the wild card teams
2: and then the wild card plays another wild
1: card It's hard to keep track of it all well i been- mean ba- kudos to baseball for trying to do something different to spice it up because yeah it was kind of ridiculous only having playing 162 games and only four teams from each uh each league make it in yeah yep. that, that's not fun for anybody
2: well, before we bring our special guest in, I want everybody, you got like 30 some odd games left. Any of them that are here in Cleveland, go down and catch Guardians game. Help them out. Support these guys. They have been playing their ass off for you all year, and they deserve your support. Go down there, buy a hot dog, buy a beer, sit in the bleachers, and just have a great time watch this team play. All right. But, Bri, now we have our special guest here from the Akron Beacon Journal. He is the Browns beat reporter. Chris Easterling is joining us. What is going on, Chris? How are you doing?
0: Doing great. How are you guys doing? Hey, Chris.
1: Thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here.
2: We are doing okay. Uh, We had a little hiccup at the beginning of the show trying to figure out what we're doing for our fantasy football here a little bit later, (laughs) but we're so glad to have you join us because as huge Browns fans as we are, you know, we try to predict everything that happens, but you're there watching the team all the time. So, yeah, I, don't
0: know that, I don't know if that helps with predictions or not, but well, uh, <laughs> that's, that's
2: okay. That's we just want to know some answers. I mean, that's all it's all Cleveland wants right now is just answers, and we still can't get them right. Um, so, starting out this year, this camp, you know, we've had Deshaun Watson, we've had we've been in the news since the offseason, it's been crazy, absolutely crazy. We'll save Deshaun Watson for later. But the way this team has been constructed, ready to go, I mean, this is a win-now team. Do you think that this suspension is going to hurt them trying to get a playoff run, especially with Brissett as a backup coming in to take over, or do you think they still can push for the playoffs this year?
0: I think it it hampers them. I don't think it eliminates them from from playoff contention i'll be perfectly honest i think it's a, a couple of the other positions where it where it's sort of it may hurt them i you know i think receiver is a spot where you know outside of amari cooper i still don't know if we have answers at that spot that make me feel good regardless of who the quarterback is who you know who, who's going to actually catch the, catch the passes from them and you know the the offensive line. I know the center position. You know, losing Nick Harris in that opener, preseason opener, was was tough. But but at the same time, I, I think Heath Posick, um comes in, and, and you know, he's got a lot of you know starting experience in the league. So I think you know that'll come together. But it, I I would push their percentage down, considering J- uh, Jacoby's going to start 11 games and Deshaun's going to be out that time, but I wouldn't eliminate them. I think there's still a, a pathway, a narrow pathway, but a pathway for them to to go into December, to go into those final six games with Deshaun at quarterback and have a chance to uh, to, to still push for an ABC playoff spot. All
2: right, so now with Jacoby at the helm, and uh, we got 11 games out of him. We got Deshaun for the last six games. Obviously, this playbook is going to be different. Everything else is going to be different because they're two different quarterbacks. Do you – because we haven't seen Jacoby yet. You have seen Jacoby. You've seen him in practice. You've seen him everything. We have not had a chance to watch him even throw the ball yet, but we've seen Josh Jobs do very well. Yeah. Three-season games that we have. Is Jacoby up to the task to actually take over this team and
0: actually take it to where it needs to go? I think he's gotten better since camp started. You know, obviously, I, I'm still not 100% sure what their plan was. He talked about they had this plan to get Jacoby ready. I'm not sure why it took until the fourth day, the fourth full squad practice to start getting him full, first team reps. But, um, you know, I, I think he's capable. I, I, I like he's gotten better. The, you know, he's he, – I know this doesn't sound like a confident answer, but it's sort of, uh, you know, it, it, it's sort of the big unknown because you know, you watch them in practice, and you know how much how much of it is the way they're 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 setting up the you know this you know the the script for that day's practice. You know how much is it putting, you know, putting, uh, you know, putting the defense at an advantage. He's gotten better. I'd like to see him a little bit against Chicago, but I don't even know how much that's going to change the opinion. You know, I guess what <laughs> the thing is just there are enough guys in his background. Nick Sirianni, who was in this weekend with the, the this past weekend with the Eagles, spoke so highly of him, and he was around him, which in what was probably probably one of his best his best year as a starter that that year in Indianapolis in twenty nineteen. So. And he swears by him, swears that he, you know, he's up to the task. So I mean, until proven otherwise, you, you know, I guess you have to give the the people who have actually seen him in action. You got to give him the, you know, the benefit of the doubt. But you know that I, I think I got to see with my own eyes. Uh, call me a doubting Thomas, you know. Oh, but but I just I, I'm going to just withhold like oh, he's all this or he's that until even, you know, until I see him in in, in regular season games because it's just, I, I, I've i seen some good things out of him, but I've also, you know, there's been things that you go, oh, that's why he's Jacoby Brissett, for lack of, for lack of <laughs> a better way of saying it.
2: Before I hand it over to Brian for the next question, so we are going to see him for like an entire half next week, right?
0: They, they haven't said exactly what their plans are going to be my guess is you see him for a couple of series. I I think they feel good enough with what Josh Dobbs has done. Joshua Dobbs, I guess is how he prefers to be called Um, that they may feel like if they get, I think it's going to be a little bit by flow, how the game goes. You know, if, if they go out and they have a couple of good series right off the bat and, you know, they move right down the field and, and put it in the end zone, you know, they may say, look, we saw enough. Let's put guys in bubble wrap. We got a game that actually we need to win in a couple of weeks. But, you know, if it's a little choppy, you know, I can see them playing um, three, four, you know, possessions, which would uh, essentially be most of the first half. So, but, you know, getting getting this group to to give you anything before they absolutely have to give you anything. Um, you know, I, I may be able to get nuclear secrets uh, out of the government before I can get. Uh, <laughs> I can get how many how, how many drives is uh, Jacoby Brissett going to get?
1: <laughs> well, certainly, with uh, with Brissett, um, you know, if if the Browns want to have any sort of success, they're going to have to really. Lean on the run game and lean on this defense. And we saw at the end of last year the defense really step up and, in my opinion, become a top 10, maybe top five defense, even um, just the way they played. And we know it's still a very young team and a very young defense. And we know the Stars, we know the Garretts, the Wards, um, the Clownies. But is there a player that you've seen in practice or in the preseason games that has really stood out to you on that defense that maybe? Under the radar guy that is kind of ready to step up and become more of a household name.
0: If you ask, you know, if you ask guys like Miles Garrett, it's Jordan Elliott. But you know, we haven't seen a lot of him in in preseason games. Now he played a, he played in Jacksonville. He didn't play against the Eagles, but you know, you watch him day in day out at camp, and and he's a guy that. You know everything you've heard from from even uh, you know Chris Kiffin, you know defensive line coach and and other defensive linemen, They all say he's a guy. He's one of the first names that pops out of their mouth. That, that you know he's a guy who came into camp actually showed up for the off season program as in as good as shape and is had really transformed his attitude as much as anything. You know coming into this season, I think he more than anything knows that this is it. Kind of this is his kind of make-or-break season, you know, being that third-round pick, third year, you know, out of Missouri. um, Mm -hmm. I like the rookie Martin Emerson. I, I, You know, I like what I've seen out of him at corner. And the thing is, you've seen a lot of him and and A.J. Green this year, um, this preseason, just because of the way, you know, you haven't had Newsom and Ward together on the field at all. And it's sort of a shame because I thought Greg was having a great camp up until the point where he you know he hurt his hamstring so but uh you know credit to AJ Green and and Martin Emerson for really kind of grabbing the bull by the horn so to speak and and you know taking their opportunity and making something out of it and then um I'm going to be curious to see Isaiah Thomas when he gets back on the field you know because he really flashed in that opener in Jacksonville and I think he's a guy that that really if you're talking about the two rookies out of Oklahoma they've got up on that defensive line, I kinda like him more than Winfrey, at least in the short term. Now, you know, Perion could develop into you know what I think some people think hope he can be. But but I like what I saw Isaiah Thomas flash before, you know, he obviously had the hand injury last week, and then uh he's uh supposed to be back for tomorrow for for camp for practice, I guess technically it's not camp anymore it's just practice but uh um he's supposed to be back and i'm I'm curious to see how he uh how he finishes the preseason and uh what kind of impact he makes
1: And so we're comfortable with where the defense is at we're hoping that the run game can uh can exceed expectations and I think if everyone stays healthy they will but another one of the major headlines this uh this leading into the fall has been Kareem Hunt and what his future is with the team. And we've talked on this show how Kareem Hunt is as great as Nick Chubb is. There's other teams that have great running backs, but Kareem Hunt is a backup like no other team has. So is there any future at all with, uh, with the Browns going forward after this season? Do you think they look to trade him if the offer is right? You know, what kind of compensation would he be looking at in return?
0: I think if if there's a running back, I think actually that would would net some value. This, you know, in the short term, I actually think it's Dearness more than uh, more than it is Kareem, but um, you know, because of the contract, I I just think it's younger. I, I think there's a little more. Again, you know, we maybe lost in all of this Deshaun Watson stuff is, you know, there, Kareem Hunt's another guy on this roster who's got a strike against him in the eyes of the NFL. Right. And I think that's sure. something that a lot of teams just are like, look, we're not – he's coming off a lot of injuries, an injury plague season last year. You know, he's got the strike against him. Dearness has a lot more tread on those tires, even though, you know – Kareem, for one way or reason or another, ha- doesn't have a lot of, you know, wear and tear on him. He's still, he's been in the league longer, had a lot more carries, but you know, long. I, I guess it's a roundabout way to say, if they could get something for Kareem, I don't think they would hesitate in doing it because I think they kind of like what they got in Jerome Ford. I mean, I think you're seeing mm-hmm. it this preseason. In fact, I asked Kevin about this after the the Eagles game as much as Jerome has shown flashes in the running game, I love what he's done in the passing game. You know, he has really shown in both games to be a a legitimate threat out of the backfield to catch the football and, and do something with it. And I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, even Stump Mitchell, the running backs coach says, you know, Kareem and Jerome stylistically are similar backs. So, you know, that's why I, I wonder if that's just sort of the writing on the wall that even if Kareem stays on the team, you know, they don't trade Kareem at some point, that, you know, whether it's, bef- you know, around the, the cut down date or after the cut, the, right after the cut down date before the regular season or even by the trade deadline. I still think that at the end of this year, maybe it's just, you know, they say, hey, look, you've been a good soldier. You've been good. You know, you. you you turned yourself around here in the eyes of, of, you know, the NFL and those who had doubts about you, you know, off the field, we wish you luck. And, but, you know, we've got this kid, this rookie that we really like, and, you know, he does a lot of the same things and uh, you know, we're going to go with him.
2: All right. So we watched both preseason games. and we watched Anthony Schwartz and I I know he is a third round pick. They got high hopes for him. Is there any way he can catch the ball? Uh, I'm just curious because I've seen I saw him catch the one on the sideline, but it just seems like the easy ones that hit him in the hands. He's worried about what's downfield instead of what's in front of him and trying to catch the ball. I are they going to keep him around enough if he doesn't start catching, or are they going to kind of move on for him if you know he can't pick it up?
0: I think if they had a better option, I think there, there there's, a, you know, we were kind of, you know, amongst us today, we were kind of talking about this and, you know, I think the, there's a legitimate question that if they had other, they're so beat up in that room and so unproven that I almost by default, because if you take Anthony Schwartz off this roster, okay, well, who are you putting in this place? Yeah, you know, because, look, we can go Amari, DPJ, Bell. Felton, we'll put Felton in the receiver room just for, you know, kicks and giggles. There's four. After that, give me, give me three more because, you know, again, Felton being a swing guy. Give me three more receivers you feel 100% confident are making this team. I'll, I'll make an argument for Mike Harley Jr., as, as a guy, but, you know, again, if he was one of the last cuts, that wouldn't surprise me either. Jamarcus Bradley, another guy. Hey, Daylon Bra- Baldwin was, uh before he had the concussion on Sunday, was a guy who was really, I thought, was really opening a lot of eyes. You know, Michael Woods is, but he hasn't been on the field for a week, two weeks, whatever it's been. So – you know, they're so thin at that spot with guys who have actually done anything in the NFL that I, I think that they they still believe in Anthony, but but it I think the biggest the, the biggest person who's struggling believing in Anthony Schwartz is Anthony Schwartz. Yeah. And he he all but admitted that last week coming out of the Jacksonville game that he's gotta get out of his own head. And and I think a lot of it is just mental. And you know, he came out of an offensive at Auburn that, you know, I watch a lot of SEC football and watch a lot of Auburn games. And it was a gimmicky offense that doesn't – if you're a receiver, it doesn't prepare you in any way, shape, or form to be an NFL receiver, especially what they were doing with Anthony. Yeah. And I think he's still just – I mean, his career got off to a slow start with the way camp started for him last year. This camp got off to a slow start – I think he's still learning how to be a receiver. Quite frankly, you know, in the truest sense of the word. And I think they're just hoping that at some point the it just there's just that breakthrough that, hey, you know, he's, you know, he's he he finally got it. You know, the 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 he's gotten out of his own head. He's gotten the technique down. He's gotten all this down. And he can go out and just play football and and be what they think they i think they hope they would be which was the guy who can who can stretch the defense because I'm not sure they really you know d p j can at times he can at times, but you know amari can but that's not what you and, you know you're not asking amari just say hey, just run a nine route you know every you you want him to kind of work work all those those intricate routes because he's such a great route runner so um, I I think Anthony Schwartz is on this team until at least for this year and then but next year I I really think that you know he started in the Jordan Elliott boat where it's it's time to uh, produce
2: so with that being said obviously we all know the wide receiver room and where it's at are they going to pick up another free agent
0: I would oh. be stunned if they didn't. I would be stunned if I would be stunned if there was not some movement around Cut Down Day. That <laughs> uh, uh, T. Y. Hilton, absolutely, you know, I saw mm-hmm. um, I read a colleague of mine's uh roster projection, just kind of glanced at it, and he mentioned Jalen Rager, you know, making a trade for him. I yeah. mean I think all options are open, and you have to have all options open because this receiving core, quite frankly, isn't good enough to it, – it, regardless of who the quarterback is, it's, it, it isn't good enough when you look around. It may be the third-best receiving core in, in Ohio, and that <laughs> includes a team that plays in Columbus, not even in the NFL. So, uh, I mean – You just made my day. Uh, I, I just – I wish I could say something better and I don't, I mean, it's just, there's just so much unprovenness that, you know, there's things you like about them, but each one of them also has a check mark against them that it's just, some of it's their own doing some of them. They can't help it. They're just rookies or first year, you know, young guys that, you you know, you're still waiting to bloom and, you know, they're going to have to do it with a backup quarterback being their starter and, and, uh, you know, just about every one of them having spent some time injured during the course of this this preseason. So, uh, I, I I wish I had a better answer, but but <laughs> yeah, I, I am surprised that you know I saw T. Y. Hilton there. I am surprised that he you know you had heard early in camp that there there was talk that he was going to go back to the Colts, and nothing's materialized with it. I mean, he's at least worked with Jacoby. Yeah, I mean, there, uh, yeah. sure. There is at least a connection there that I, I don't that, that you have to explore, and you have to do you have to do something with that room because that room is. Amari Cooper is great. Amari, watching him, getting to watch him in person has been a treat. Just because you can just see he's just such a pro, such a tactician in how he runs his routes but everything around him else is just young and unproven. And uh, I mean, a good defensive you know, coach and there's a lot of them in this division, let alone this, this league, you know, can figure out pretty easily. We're going to take him I'll take Amari Cooper away and then leave you with hope and a prayer as, as your next two options.
1: So sticking with this uh, receiving core, um, you know, we know we all love what Andrew Barry has done. Um, but one thing that's kind of been his blind spot is the tight end position. And uh, the contract that he gave to Austin Hooper didn't really pay off. And he keeps shelling out money to these tight ends that haven't proven a whole lot. So what kind of season can we hope for from David Njoku to, um, to hopefully live up to his contract?
0: He has to become a number one tight end. He has to display that. That that, that that's, that's the period full stop. He has to become a guy who is talked about. I'm not talking about Travis Kelsey. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying he's got to be talked about in the Travis Kelsey, but a Darren Waller? He, I, sure. I, don't, I think, I mean, yeah. you at least have to be a Darren Waller kind of you know kind of uh, productivity let alone like a mark andrews or, or or you know certainly like we said travis kelsey but no he has to produce he uh, there's no question about it and you know that's that's the i don't even remember how much the contract is but that's the big <laughs> whatever that price the million dollar x million dollar question on him and, yeah and you know, we we haven't seen it other than again fits and spurts throughout his career, and until it, it with so many of these guys, it's the same word consistency. And you know, if they're consistent, consistently to their the, what they're capa- their capable, their the potential is. This is an extremely good football team, an extremely talented football team, but it's just that inconsistency is why. You know, even with a, a competent Jacoby Brissett, you can go seven, eight, seven or eight wins, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's the ceiling because, you know, it, you just, you don't know what you're going to get. And that's, you know, the, that's what you can't, you, that's what you say about David the' That's one, not what you say when you talk about Mark Andrews or, or Travis Kelsey or, 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 or guys like that. And he's got to shake that. He's got to get where he can be consistent. And they need him in this offense, especially considering the way the state of the receiving court. Uh,
1: and so now now that we know that it's 11 games for Deshaun Watson and we're going to have hopefully a healthy Jacoby Brissett for 11 games, um, what is a realistic expectation for this team to finish when he hands it over to Deshaun in that 12th game are we, is it possible to get you know it's always possible but is it realistic to think that this team can get 6 wins go 6 and 5 and uh still be in the hunt after after 11 games
0: i don't think it's unreasonable to to hope that i, I wouldn't like bet my mortgage on on it or anything but is there a again like i said earlier there's a pathway to where he is the defense comes out and plays lights out plays like they did toward the end of last season Mm -hmm. the running game is the best in the one of the best in the nfl the offensive line is one of the best in the nfl and jacoby brissett manages the offense from the quarterback position well enough that you can beat Carolina, the Jets, Pittsburgh, maybe New England, Miami, and, you know, maybe, and then steal one, a Monday nighter against Cincinnati. Yeah. So, you know, is, is there a pathway this, because if you hand it off at six and five to the Deshaun and he's able to sort of hit the ground running, which is a big if then, you know, you're still right in the mix. I mean, that, you're mm-hmm. set up potentially for a big December. But- do you think
1: uh, – uh, uh, sorry to cut you off, but do you think now that we know what our fate is to start this year, one of the major gripes last year um, with the offense was that they, they got away from running the ball, their bread and butter, too quickly and you know tried to make Baker throw it a bunch. Do you think now that we know heading into the season – that we're going to have a backup quarterback for the first 11 games. Do you think they make that a point of emphasis uh, right now as to let's run the ball, you know, we're not going to stray away from this game plan, and we know, hey, this is what we have to do for the first two months rather than last year, you know, you weren't sure how healthy Baker was going to be, you know, he was so much of a momentum player, you didn't know how he was going to sling it around and get comfortable in the pocket. So now you know, give it to the running backs as much as possible. Do you think we see that swing from pass-heavy to more run-heavy um, going into these games?
0: I'll I answer it this way: I think the running backs become much more involved. I'll, I'll answer it that way. You know, either running the football a lot more, you know, elevating the percentage of the, the offense that's running. Or just in, in utilizing them again in that passing game in the short passing games the way they you know getting a Kareem Hunt on the field and, and involved maybe at the same time that you have Nick Chubb on on the on the field getting a even a Jerome Ford or Dearness Johnson involved in the receiving game a little bit I think this has to be a running back centric offense maybe not running centric run centric offense but a running back centric offense early on to kind of help with, help them weather that, you know, weather that first 11 games.
2: All right, Chris, got a few rapid-fire questions for you before we get you off here. I can't thank you enough for your time. I'm
0: so happy right. to be here.
2: All right, so first off,
0: do we have a kicker? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you love know, to hear that. Uh, yes, I, I um, He's a rock star. Okay. That guy is that kid is a rock star, and I think he knows he's a rock star. But he's got he's got just I I I love the kid's demeanor. He's got the perfect demeanor to be a kicker who you throw out there to to kick big kicks because he's like he knows he's good, and he'll sort of sl- un, off the cuff tell you he's good, but he'll also <laughs> very next breath like know that. I got I got to work. I, I I haven't done anything. I've, you know, he, he also feels like kid knows that I st- you know, I can't rest on my laurels. I've got to, I got to put the work in and you know, you watch him at camp and he's putting the work in as well. So yeah, I believe Cade York, Cade York, you have the kick, you have the kicker here.
2: All right. Awesome. A surprise cut or a surprise keep.
0: Surprise keep or cut. Chase Winovich cut. Wow. Oh, you just broke Bryce oh, heart right there. Oh, what? You made the me. club in the tub. <laughs> All,
2: right. All right. Next rapid fire question. Who is the darling in camp this year?
0: Cade York. Is it? Right.
1: Heck yeah.
2: All right. Now we are all fat boys here, and we have a Fat Boy Tuesday where we talk. So now we're really about to have some fun with you. All right. What is your best dive spot to eat at that nobody knows? Like off the beaten path food or restaurant that you go to?
0: Let me think here for a minute. It's a place in Maslin, Ohio called the Cameo Grill. Okay. It's cash only. Um, but, uh, those who know, know. great burgers, great breakfast. That's a, that, that's a place to, uh, that's, if you're looking to, to get a good meal, that's a, that's a place to go.
2: Bri, write it down. Cameo grill. I got it. Write it down. All right. Favorite meal as a child.
0: Oh, I was your, uh, mac and cheese. I was just, you know, keep it simple. We don't have to we have to get too fancy. We just, uh, you know, stick to stick to the basics and I'm good, but not like the, not like the, the craft Mac and cheese. No, I need the, my mom made homemade Mac and cheese. And oh, yeah, yeah. that that, oh, that was, uh, that was the stuff. You were mm-hmm. spoiled. Holy cow. <laughs> you, I did. I earned this physique, my man. I earned <laughs> this. You know, although back then I was, I was a Sevelte kid back then. I was, uh, it was only when I graduated from I graduated from high school, went off to college, and was introduced. I went to a I went to an SEC school, so Southern comfort food. Oh they had, yeah, they had a place in the student union called uh, Grandma's Kitchen, which was Southern comfort food: fried chicken and mac and cheese. Oh, and wow. I ran out. My meal plan was. <laughs> Every day, <laughs> the but what's stunning? Why are you 60 pounds heavier when you got home? <laughs> I think they would have been happier if I said, Well, I started drinking, mom.
1: <laughs> what uh, what sec school did you go to? Kentucky. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> there you go.
0: We yeah. right? are sec, <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: sec north, sure. He rebounded himself a little bit for you, Brian, even though he's got, I Michigan like that. He's got, oh, a little yeah, in him. All right. See, football's just different. I know. (laughs) It
0: is. So it is.
2: Way of life. What is one thing that is a hell no that you won't eat?
0: I'll eat a lot. (laughs) Um, you know, it's um, you know what? I'm not a big oysters guy. Okay. You know, I, I know a lot of people like oysters and mussels. You know, you know they'll go out to dinner and. Place they'll have appetizers. I've just never been one of one, you know, somebody like you know like that. But other than that, I, uh, I again, well learned. <laughs> All right, and we are
2: getting into later here on our show. We're getting into school lunches. I mean, I packed my kids' school lunches today. So, what is your favorite school lunch when you were growing up as a kid?
0: We, at Northwest High School in Canal Fulton, we had, we called it Pizza Bobs. They were basically English muffins, you know, like a half of an English muffin. Okay. And then you basically just made them into little mini pizzas. We called them Pizza Bobs.
2: I know exactly what you're talking about. But
0: that Pizza Bob Day was a, uh, was a, I have to race to the line Uh because I got to be, you know. I love it. but that was, that was, uh, that was, the, that was the personal favorite.
2: All right. One awesome. last Browns question before we get you off here, because I know you're a busy man. What is it actually like to be a Browns beat recorder and to report the Browns every day and be there and see them in person?
0: It's, um, it's a lot of work. You know, I mean, it, it, it is, it its you walk out of the building exhausted because a lot of times it's just, it's a constant, you know, go point You're, you're constantly doing something. You're constantly chasing something, but you know, I'd be lying if I said I'm not having the time of my life. Uh, I mean, that I don't love what I do because, you know, I grew up, you know, here in Northeast Ohio, I grew up, Reading the Beacon Journal, reading you know, reading the Plain Dealer, you know, reading about the Browns. And when I got into sports writing, you know, uh, there, I had two paths I would you know, there were like two, two, two paths I would I, I wanted to take. I either wanted to cover SEC football for like the, you know, paper in, you know, down south like in Atlanta or Nashville or someplace like that, or I wanted to cover the Cleveland Browns for the Beacon Journal. Mm-hmm. And he, here I here I have my my dream job. So
1: living the dream, sure. Yeah. You know,
0: so I you know I, I know it's it, it, it's she it's amongst some to to act like you know you know what what and it is tough. I don't want to minimize. You know the, it, it's a challenge. You know there there it, there are things to this job that are really stressful and really challenging. But I I, I love what I do and I, I'm. I feel blessed that I get to do it even even as you deal with all the um, insert insert word here that surrounds <laughs> surrounds this football team at times. <laughs>
2: All right, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Let everybody know where they can find you. Find you at Akron Beacon Journal. Give them your Twitter handle and everything else.
0: The Twitter handle is uh, C Easterling, A B J. That's uh, C Easter like the holiday with an L I N G with the A B J at the end. And then beaconjournal.com is where uh, the Beacon Journal website. And uh, yeah, follow, subscribe, uh, and uh, you know, I. I still think there's an interesting season coming up, even if it may not be necessarily the the final result we thought, you know. But <laughs> if, if nothing else, the journey the journey is going to make the getting to the destination uh, quite intriguing.
1: They're always entertaining. Never dull season with the Browns.
0: No, they can't just <laughs> suck. they it, yeah. you know they do it with a little panache, a little flair to it. <laughs> Hey, You're talking about, about
1: <laughs> That's good for business.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. Well, uh, thanks, Chris. Hey, coming thanks back, for having uh, Come back halfway through the season. That Absolutely, I'd be happy to do
0: it.
1: We All appreciate right. you no, very much.
0: It. Hey, thanks again. Have a great night. You too.
2: That was Chris Easterling from the Acker Beacon Journal. How awesome
1: was he, by? That was great. Yeah, that was hey, a that, lot of fun talking to. I you. loved
2: it. I'm sitting. Hey, and especially there at the end when you know explaining what being a beat reporter is all about. I mean, yes, I know it's stressful and everything else, and you get a couple of knuckleheads like us asking them questions. And the great thing is, I think we only asked one Deshaun Watson question, buddy.
1: I don't. I don't even know if you qualify that as a Deshaun Watson question. It was kind of like, uh, well, we right? know Deshaun's not going to be there. Yeah. This, so him talking about, and I don't know if I've ever even told you this story. Him talking about being a beat writer reminded me <clears throat> excuse me um <clears throat> for my senior project in high school we had we were supposed to go out and shadow somebody in the community and I think we had to do it for like 40 hours or something well my saint of a mother um contacted a couple people and I shadowed two people um both sports guys one was Kenny Rhoda for oh. K&R Okay. He lived in Medina. And the other guy was Steve King, who I think he went to the Illyria Chronicle, but at the time he was with the Medina Gazette. And so this was in the springtime um, and it was shortly after the draft. And so they were having a rookie camp. And uh, this was in 2003. So I got to shadow him at the Browns facility in the rookie camp. And Jeff Fain was our first round pick. I think Sean Thompson with a C mm-hmm. was our second round pick. And so I got to go there and kind of hang out there for a couple of days. And the funny part about it was that at the end of day one, I'm sitting there. He's kind of BSing with all his, uh, his other writers and, uh, people in the media. And I'm just sitting there kind of hanging out, taking it all in. And he kind of looks at me and he goes, Hey Rob, do you want a drink? And I'm like, He's talking to me. Like, yeah, Rob, you want something? He was calling me Rob. So at that point, it was too far into the game. I let him call me Rob for about three days. So I had to be on top of my game listening for Rob was something I'm not used to listening for. So uh but but that was a blast. He was awesome.
2: Oh, that's amazing. I can't thank (laughs) you. That that was a great interview, a great time. And Mm -hmm. especially to play around there a little bit afterwards when we did the uh the fast. Cade york we have a kicker bry
1: i'm a- telling you everyone seems to think so and it, it's a lot of fun to. and i'm telling you if he turns out to be the kicker that we hope and he, we think he is he was worth the first round pick oh yeah well hey for that i told you when we if he's that good and we when we drafted him in the fourth round definitely worth it oh yeah who who was the kicker um
2: uh, Janikowski. Was it Yannikowski?
1: Janikowski was drafted in the first Janikowski. round. Yep. Um, really he was drafted in first round. As far as I know, I, think, I can't remember if Nugent was the second round or the third round. Um, I think third. Was he third? Uh, Tampa Bay had drafted a guayo mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago in the second round, and he was terrible. Um, but yeah, there have been a couple second and third rounders, so I didn't think it was that much of a reach if he's that good. No, hell no. Yeah. I mean, it
2: fills a spot, and then guess what? You don't have to go free agency and buy one. You drafted one. You got him locked up for four years.
1: Yeah, you, you get a guy who probably will lead your team in scoring almost every year. So, I mean, how could that be a bad thing?
2: All right, so everybody that's watching right now, Brian you ready to give the fantasy football question join Here we in? go.
1: What everyone's been waiting for. Yep, fantasy Legal football Andy question.
2: Face fantasy football, all right? We got six spots open right now. If you answer the question correctly, I will write down your name and you are locked in a spot and we will contact you here a little bit later. So Brian, go ahead with the trivia question.
1: Okay. So the trivia is going to be fancy football related. And all you have to do is comment, Um, try to keep it to two answers. uh, If you comment the first time, it's not right. Comment again with your second answer. I, Should I give them the clue now, or should I wait? What do you think? By the way, I was wrong. Nugent was the second rounder. Um,
2: I would wait on the clue. Let everybody try to answer first, and then we'll give the clue a little bit later.
1: So so tell me, in in standard fantasy PPR leagues, who led fantasy football in scoring last year? Who's the leading scorer in all of fantasy?
2: Leading scorer in all of fantasy football? Mm-hmm. As soon as those comments come in, I'll let you know if you have made it.
1: In a on, PPR league.
2: In a PPR league. And on that note, Brian, we have got to go back to the preseason game. All right. We got to get our big O player of the week from last week. Brian, who do you
1: mm-hmm. have? It, I'm not going I thought, with Dobbs again. I, I thought I thought Dobbs played well, and I'm still not 100% convinced. I just – the bar was set so low for him that – for him to look halfway decent, I was impressed by that again. But I'm going with a guy who's kind of been old faithful in preseason games over the last couple years, and honestly, I can't believe he's not on a roster. I don't know if he was on a practice squad or what last year, but uh, John Kelly, it always seems to – like, he makes things happen when you give him the ball. I remember there was one – play where he was the defense had him dead to rights in the backfield like five six seven yards back and he managed to get at least to the line of scrimmage maybe a a gain of one or two but yeah he he seems to me like he's not too far behind dearness johnson so i feel pretty comfortable it just it's like the indians was starting pitching we're just so damn deep with uh with running backs it'd be nice if he could get on the field so he would be my guy for this past week
2: all right, Craig Foster is our first one in. There you go, Here. Craig. Ham to the face. Football. I going to see. All right. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, my big O of the week, and there's uh, it's kind of Josh Dobbs played great. I'm not saying he didn't. But my big O of the week, I do have to go with Anthony Schwartz. He dropped one pass, and they went right back to him in the same exact pass, and he caught it. That kid needs some confidence and he needs a lot of confidence and more confidence than what most people need. But I'll go with him for making that second catch after dropping the one right in front of him. He's got to get his hands a little bit better because I think he can be a threat on this offense if he can actually get a hold of the ball and actually hold on to it. All mm-hmm. right, Bry, let me go back to our banners. Your big D of the week.
1: Oh boy, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this. I. I can't say that anyone really. So I was watching the game um, kind of in the background, so I didn't watch it too close. I, I watched it for maybe a quarter, quarter and a half. Nobody on defense really stuck out to me. I'm not going to sit here and kind of pull a name out of the hat and just say uh, say a name just for the sake of saying a name, but I don't know. Nobody really stood out to me too much. The uh, two names that stood out to me were Tony Fields
2: and Richard Lacount. Those were two that were called a lot, so that's what I'm going to go with. And, Bry, just not my day,
1: player of the week. (laughs) Uh, Josh Rosen, I guess. Um, You know, would he complete 7 to 20 or something like that? Uh, Yeah, it, it wasn't a great day for him, and I don't know, something about him just kind of rubs me the wrong way, maybe it's probably just because he's wearing the number nineteen. I think he should have had a little <laughs> more awareness than to not no, pick a, that one as a quarterback, but he's uh, a
2: best kid, what do you expect?
1: Yeah, he'll have a good career as a surgeon or a you know a doctor somewhere biologist or something i don't I don't know what what his next career is, but pretty sure he's not going to be in the national football league too much longer.
2: all right, so my just not my day player of the week, and it is. Players of the week, because watching the first half of that game and then run in between the tackles for whatever they wanted to run. I mean, it was 10 yards, 12 yards, 6 yards, 12 yards, 15 yards, 20 yards, 10 yards, 5 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, and goal line stand. Not my day, defensive line. I need you guys to step it up a little bit and start tackling some people because that was kind of a little bit embarrassing right at the beginning. You guys shorted up at the end, but at the beginning it was kind of like, "All right, Bry, you ready to get into a Fat Boy Tuesday?" Yeah, okay, okay. I gotta see. This is the thing. I got too many, like too many clickers to do. I got this fatty fails, and I got you know.
0: And now it's time for Fat Boy Tuesday. All right. So and now,
2: I almost did it twice. Sure. Why not? All right it happens all right so bry i can put the fatty fail up but everybody knows it's only fatty that's failing right now what was your favorite school lunches growing up because like right now i just made my kids lunches we got a a gogurt, a york peppermint patty applesauce a ham and ketchup a peanut butter and jelly uh, a smoothie, and I don't know what else I put in their lunches. I think pretzels. Okay. Okay. You know, it's not now lunch. Do they dunk the ham in the ketchup? No, he put the ham all over the ketchup.
1: So they're eating ham and ketchup sandwiches. is What you're telling?
2: Yes. Yes. No, one of them is. The other okay. one
1: is eb and J. Okay. I got you. That, that kind of reminds me when I was young. So when you said this, I kind of thought, um, like typically the ones that you buy from the school, maybe not pack yourself. And Oh
2: no, that's fine. That's what I thought yeah. too. That's why I put it out there.
1: Okay. Got you. So if, if we're talking about packing your own PB and J, obviously you can't go wrong with, I used to do the other sandwich when I got sick and tired of PB and J, I would do bologna and ketchup. Mm. Um, which kind of is no shocker to anybody out there is similar to a hot dog and hot dog and French fries was something that was available every day at the Medina city schools. So no shot, no surprise there that, uh, that I would get that when, when whatever they were serving for lunch didn't sound too good, but there's a couple that came to my mind. One in particular, um, the other two, Tacos, we had a pretty decent taco. Um, They had, like, these similar to, I don't know if Taco Bell still makes those um, Fiesta potatoes or not. I don't know for sure. But we used to have something similar to that on the side. And so tacos with those, pretty damn solid. That was probably number two. Number three, I went with, uh, like, simple. You wouldn't think of it, but uh, breakfast um, French toast sticks. Mm -hmm. and. Yeah, something. Whenever you see them, that's what I kind of think of as a elementary middle school lunch. But uh, but far and away number one, the thing that stole the show was um, cheesy dippers, and they're basically just breadsticks. They melt cheese on the breadsticks, and you have like a side of meat sauce, and you just kind of dunk them in there. And hmm. man, I haven't had those years and years and years. But something so simple. And I guess maybe with me loving pizza as much as I do, that shouldn't come as a surprise either. But, uh, yeah, so whenever I think of school lunches, that's where my mind goes immediately. All
2: right. So mine goes to, first off, the chocolate milk out of the little carton. Can't go wrong mm-hmm. with that. Also, the school pizzas. God, those school pizzas were amazing. I remember when it was pizza day, everybody would go nuts. Uh for us at our school we had a uh it wasn't a it was a noodle, it was a casserole. God, I can't think of the name of it offhand. Like tuna noodle casserole we had, which was really good. but okay. then they had um <laughs> also what I always call it shit on a shingle, but it was like their hamburger gravy on over top of like biscuits or bread. Okay. So we had that. Heard of uh, that. We had it. So like our school was different because we had like a main meal line where you come in and get your main meal. And then we'd have a snack line that like on pizza day it'd serve pizza, both sides. But on the snack line, you would have like salads. You would have, um, you know, fresh fruit, stuff like that that you go through. Like I would go there, go through there and get a salad because of wrestling and everything else. But I would go there, grab that, and then go out and eat. And then I would go back in the other lunch line and grab that lunch and come out and eat. But you only, like for us, we had three lunch periods. So you only had like 30 minutes to eat your lunch. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, All right, back to class. Let's go. But yeah, those were <laughs> the ones that stood out the most was the school pizza and the, uh, that, um, oh, that's what it was tater tot casserole. Oh, my oh, God. Oh,
1: yeah. Casserole. I ain't talking.
2: You can't go wrong with tater tot casserole. Oh, now I'm getting hurt flutters. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's, and like the kids, I saw like my kids lunches now and I started laughing a little bit because they're not hot dogs. They're like a veggie dog instead of baked beans. It's like a a kidney red bean. And then like, it's just weird how they're doing school lunches now. Yeah.
1: Just stop talking. I mean, that's just, that's that's not, it's depressing. I'm is, glad we grew up when we grew up cuz yeah. yeah everything our, now we would care be about uh,
2: our health. You got to hey.
1: eat kale and here's your spinach and uh an omelet with uh only egg whites. Hey, I remember going, "Dad, I need an extra 325." For
2: what? Double lunch. Double
1: lunch. Yeah, yeah I need two lunches. <laughs> we used to have so the big thing if you just wanted to buy snacks or something, you know, whatever they were serving you didn't like, we had fudge rounds. Do you remember the fudge rounds and the uh, the oatmeal cream pies? They were $0.25. Cents. If you had an extra dime, which, I mean, back then, a quarter was, like, worth $30. In, oh, yeah. You. What, today. You, you get $0.35, cents, you can get zebra cakes. and uh, oh. Yeah, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I remember making
2: bets with people. We would make, like, a concoction on a plate, and if you ate it, everybody would start chipping in money if you actually ate uh. it. <laughs> oh, it was, it'd be right up your alley, but it was sure. really like chocolate milk, mashed potatoes, and applesauce all mixed together. Sounds like, pretty good. It's, yeah, that's it's all good that's
1: separately. Well, no, it's all mixed together. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, that my thought process would be, yeah, I eat it separate, so why not eat it together?
2: <laughs> all right, Brian, let's get into our top three, and we'll close out our show. All right, bud. Cool. <laughs> All right. Oh, here we go. We got pizza, nuggets, and mashed taters, and peaches. Yeah, nuggets. How How we not talk about nuggets? I forgot about the nuggets. Sorry, I forgot about the nuggets. Well, our top three tonight, Bri, as soon as I bring it up here, is offensive players that we think are going to do good this year with a sleeper. So I will go first since I threw you out of the loop last
1: week, and you're kind of just throwing the sleepers right out of the gate. I'm ready. I'm, well, no, you you can go first. But uh, before you, do you want me to, how are we doing on the fan? Do you want me to give a hint to him?
2: Oh, we, we only had one respond, and that was Craig.
1: That was Craig. Uh, okay, James, come on, James. Throw a name out there.
2: We're giving away a spot for our fantasy, legal hammerface face fantasy football league, okay? And you have to answer who PPR-wise was the number one player last year. And you could join the illegal ham to the face fantasy football league, but we'll wait on that. By the way, sure. another hint: it was a, a non-quarterback. Yeah, not
1: week. a quarterback.
2: Not a quarterback. I'll help you out a little bit. All right. So my three offensive players this year, plus a sleeper. I'm going to throw a group in there. I think the offensive line has got to step up and protect everybody, and that means the interior. I'm kind of okay with, even if we have like a little rookie center, Taylor and Batonio, I'm talking outside. Jed, Wills, and Conklin have got to stay healthy and they got to step up a little bit. So watch out for them. My number two is probably going to shock everybody. Dermitri Felton. I think he's going to have a little bit more of a scat back role in this, especially with the players they have. And obviously number one, you got to give Nick Chubb the ball. There's no if, answer, buts about it. Nick Chubb churns this offense. And when he churns, Browns churn. Bry, what about you? I'll give you my sleeper afterwards. All
1: well, right? for the second straight week, I'm pretty sure I did this wrong again because I was just doing top, top three best players on the offense. So I'll give you my top three best players on the offense. You can decide... You know, if you don't, if you agree, if you disagree, whatever. Number three, um, I think the best, most impactful player on the offense is going to be Kareem Hunt. Topped him up, you know, um, when he's healthy, he's damn good. And, you know, he, he lets the defense not take it down off when Nick Chubb's off the field. So he's my number three. My number two, Joe Batonio. I mean, he's been as steady as they can get outside of uh, Joe Thomas. He's been one of the best guards for several years now. And, you know, he just keeps keeps doing it, keeps turning away. And my number one is, like you said, Nick Chubb. I mean, we've said it before. I still think he's one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. Um, he's, at worst, the fourth best running back in the league. At best, he's your best Because I always hear people preface it by saying, well, he's the best pure runner in the NFL. Like, what are running backs supposed to do? They're supposed to run the ball. So, yeah, the fact that they don't dump it down to him 80, 90 times like they do Najee Harris, thats that means that he's a, a worse player? No, give me a break. I mean, they could do that and get him 100 receptions every single year, but that's just not what they want to do. All right, so
2: Brad chimed in on all eyes on Cleveland, said Felton punt return and kick return on the depth chart, which that will help him out too because we need one of those. Yeah. All right, so Brian, you ready for my sleeper? Mm Mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant is my sleeper. Reason why is I know Njoku is going to get pretty much the bulk of everything that they should get as a tight end. I still think Harrison Bryant on this team is going to put up some good numbers and will hope he'll be that possession tight end. The one that will sneak out and get you six yards. If you need five, eight yards, if you need seven, I think he's going to be that guy for the Cleveland Browns. And I hope he is. What about Mm -hmm.
1: you? Yeah. I just talked about Nick Chubb being one of the most underrated players in the NFL. And this guy is also underrated. Um, a lot of people sleeping on him i don't know why jack conklin our right tackle last time he was healthy on the field he was an all pro and he's got to that means that means he's the best at his position i mean flat out he is the best guy when he was healthy he was the best right tackle in the league and he just gets disrespected i understand he has to stay healthy but could say that about every single player in the NFL. I mean, he he missed one year. He missed the majority of one year. So if he can stay healthy, I think he's on the level of the teller and the Petonio. I think he's that important. Um, So I'm excited to have him back. When we had him at that right tackle position, we are the best offensive line in the league. So we can stay healthy. I know we lost a little bit at center, but I think we can get back to that point.
2: All right, so, Brian, we have one person. Craig Foster has joined the illegal hand of the face. We've had, guessed, Craig? We had Chris chime in, but Chris named a wrong person.
1: Chris, Did you Staten. get two guesses or just one?
2: He gets two guesses. So, Chris, if you want to guess one more time before we go off the air. Sure. All right, we're saying our little final tidbits here.
1: It's not a um, running back. There's your
2: second clue. Yeah, it's not a running back. <laughs> All right, but we are definitely here at the end of the show. We want to thank Chris Easterling for joining us tonight. What a great insight, great behind the scenes of what's going on at Browns training camp and everything else. And then there's Chris Ban. Chris Ban is our second one. Cool. So we got two down, Brian. Awesome. All right, I got it lit, written down. But yeah, for him to uh, to come out, spend a few time with us, and just ham it up with us i i really do appreciate his time go check him out at the akron beacon journal go check him out at c easterling at abj abj AB, abj mm-hmm. on twitter and follow his stuff uh it's great stuff and he's you know just a genuine guy especially when you start firing food questions at him and he's yeah. like stuck a second he goes well i'm fat too so there's not much i won't eat that's always <laughs> Uh, Bri, I can't thank you enough for a great show, bud. Uh, always have fun doing this with you every week. Yep. It's an adventure on that note, Brian, Why don't you tell everybody good night? God bless you. God bless America. All right. Got that mixed up. My bad, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. You say the good night. I'll say the good night. There All right. It good is. Night, everybody. We want to thank our uh, troops and our first responders for everything you guys do for us. We truly do appreciate you. Please come find us at Fatty Hams on Twitter, at Ham Illegal on Twitter. Find us on our Facebook page, our YouTube page. Please subscribe, follow, and like. We appreciate it. Our audio will be out later on tonight. Uh, Normally put out, you can catch it on any platform that you listen to the audio, which is Spotify. Like, we go through Anchor. So, Spotify, iHeart, I think a few others. So, Uh, and Vinny, Vinny is no longer a part of the show. Vinny's taking a little bit of sabbatical, uh, clearing his head and taking care of some family stuff. Uh, we have a seat open for him. If he wants to come back, he's more welcome to come back. But for right now, he's just kind of taking a little mental break, um, which everybody's allowed to do. Brian and I have done it a few weeks here and there too. So, um, on that note, (laughs) we are definitely uncorked and unloaded. Thank you guys for watching. See ya.